mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, artificial intelligence. It's perhaps the most disruptive technology ever introduced into the workplace. The latest Indeed Jobs and Hiring Trends report examines the future of employment and where humans fit into the equation. We'll take a closer look. Also this morning, our Great Gift Series continues. More help to take some of the stress out of holiday shopping for everyone on your list. For some, the holiday season is more than just stressful. It can be downright depressing. We'll talk about how to manage the difficult emotions of a blue Christmas. And it's a Christmas gift from the Fort Finley Playhouse, a classic old-time radio-style production of the holiday favorite, It's a Wonderful Life. We'll get a preview. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, November 30th, 2023. So here is more proof that young people are ruining America. Saw this on the uh, Newswire. The makers of the ever-popular Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, the favorite cheap meal of college students everywhere for decades, have come up with a new variety that uh, eliminates the cheese from mac and cheese. It is called Kraft Not Mac and Cheese, a vegan version that uses a plant-based sauce instead of actual cheese product. It will come in two flavors, original and white cheddar, not cheese. Um, now, here's the thing. I saw this, and the first, my first thought was, I didn't realize it was cheese to begin with. You know, I... <laughs> Is that real cheese? <laughs> But apparently we need a vegan version now. So, uh, you know, young people running away from everything animal-based is just ruining it. It's just ruining it. <laughs> I have become a kaji old man. <laughs> You're getting rid of the cheese and the mac and cheese. It's going to be a vegan alternative. And then there is this story. Right after that story, I saw this story on the uh, Newswire. Apparently there is a new trend that has taken over Christmas tree decorations. Say goodbye to the traditional ornaments. Uh, young people uh, today are decorating their trees with Christmas tree bows. Christmas tree bows. On TikTok, the, I, I guess the hashtag or the keywords Christmas tree bows have over 10 billion views. Creators heading to craft stores to make their own simple yet elegant designs. Um, the folks who are in on this trend are call it a quiet luxury style. And uh, so that's, again, we're ruining Christmas. We're not putting ornaments on our tree. We're putting bows on our tree. What are we doing? What are we doing? Don't be too hard on uh, young adults, though, who are changing up all of the norms, rejecting all of these societal norms like mac and cheese and Christmas ornaments on the tree. It appears there is a confidence deficiency among grown adults. According to a new survey, the average adult today needs 16 confidence booter 16 confidence boosters a month in order to feel their best, in order to feel like they are Worthwhile contributors to society. 16 confidence boosters a month. This is a poll of 2,000 adults. Reveals the biggest confidence raisers include getting a compliment or general praise, achieving an unexpected goal, and making someone laugh out loud. Now, we make someone LOL. That's confidence booster for you. You get more uh, out of it than the, than the person you're making laugh. Uh, let's see here. Other... Uh, ways to give ourselves a lift, wearing our favorite outfit, answering quiz show questions. I did this the other day. I was flipping through the uh, channels uh, on the TV, and I landed on Jeopardy. And I don't normally watch Jeopardy. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of game shows, but I stopped and uh, was kind of tallying up how many of those answers I could have gotten. Although if I was actually on the show, I don't know if I could have got it. There's a lot of pressure when you're actually there. When you're sitting in front of the TV, it's easier. But uh, being able, able to answer quiz show questions gives us a confidence boost. Getting a compliment on our smile. If you've gotten a compliment on your smile or if you give someone 
a compliment on their smile. It is going to lift their spirits. And receiving a friendly smile from a stranger uh, can also give one a lift. Um, Exercising, getting a beauty treatment, and having someone ask for your advice because they see you as an expert or a reliable source all have a positive impact on one's self-esteem. So... Do some of those things today, either to boost your own or someone else's self-esteem. Because apparently, as adults, we need more of those confidence boosters. 16 a month. That's one more than every other day. We need a confidence I would go so far as to say we could probably use a confidence booster every day. I mean, nobody ever uh, said that, you know what? I've just had too many confidence boosters. I'm just feeling too confident. You know, it is. I don't think we can really get too many of those when you really think about it. But anyway, so I guess I shouldn't criticize uh, those people who are uh, fiddling with mac and cheese and uh, Christmas tree decorating. That just seems wrong somehow. Uh, Here is the uh, story that we have to uh, be worried about today. Every day, as you know, there has to be something that we are worried about, fearful of, something we wring our hands over. Uh, worried that it will be the end of civilization as we know it. And here is today's item. Pay attention here. Google's former CEO, former CEO of Google, says artificial intelligence could endanger humanity within the next decade. Now, the idea of AI endangering humanity is certainly not groundbreaking. But this guy, and he would know, the former CEO of Google, uh, Eric Schmidt, said within the decade, humanity's existence could be endangered. In an interview uh, at a recent AI Plus summit hosted by Axios, Eric Schmidt said AI development is similar to the development of nuclear weapons at the end of World War II. The dangers begin when the computer can start to make its own decision to do things, including discovering weapons, building weapons. He said humanity would see the effects of AI within five to ten years. Uh, But other experts are saying it could be even two to four years away. Well, isn't that cheering? We are all doomed. That's what they're saying. We are all doomed. And within the next Two to five years, not just within the next decade, but before this decade is out. So, happy Thursday. And a couple of other items here among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Here's another list uh, from the uh, folks at WalletHub. They are out with their compilation of the most sinful cities in America 2023. They compared... More than 180 cities, 182 to be exact, across 40 key indicators of vices and illicit behavior. Some of the other factors include violent crimes per capita, the share of adults with gambling disorders, drug overdose deaths, etc., etc., etc. The most sinful city in America is Las Vegas. Not a big surprise. Las Vegas, number one. Houston, Texas was number two, followed by Philadelphia, Los Angeles, and Atlanta. Those are the top five. The rest of the top ten, Denver, Dallas, Phoenix, Miami, and Cleveland, the top Ohio city on the list. And this is not a a list you want to be at the top of. Cleveland, the top Ohio city of the list, at number ten. Other Ohio cities among the most sinful, Cincinnati at number 35. Columbus is at number 39. Akron, 43rd. Toledo is number 44 on the list. And, uh, yeah, those are the those are the cities in Ohio that made the list, and we were all in the top 50. That's pretty scary. At the very bottom of the list, in case you're wondering, the least sinful city, according to WalletHub's list, is Pearl City, Hawaii. Least sinful at number 182. The bottom five are Port St. Lucie, Florida, Madison, Wisconsin, Bridgeport, Connecticut, Fremont, California, and then Pearl City, Hawaii. So, the least sinful cities in America. Now you know.
And uh, finally this morning, uh, among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, how cool is this? A California company is one step closer to a medical breakthrough. A uh, Researchers are creating a drug, a medication, an injection, I guess, uh, that would help dogs live longer. And they just hit a new milestone. The FDA uh, says that it agrees with the data provided that shows the effectiveness of this medication. Uh, dogs would get a an injection or a pill. It could be given in pill form as well. It would be every three to six months. And it would extend the lives of dogs. Uh, helping dogs live longer. It doesn't say in this report just how longer how much longer we're talking about, but this uh, medication could be on the market as soon as 2026. And the name of this company, Loyal, as in loyal dogs, making help, helping make sure that your loyal drog, dogs hang around longer. That is really sweet. So there you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Thursday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchak. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny today with a high around 50, partly cloudy tonight, uh, low around 40. A drug task force executed a search warrant at a Finley apartment and arrested a woman. The Hancock County Metric Drug Task Force, along with officers and detectives from the Finley Police Department, executed that narcotic search warrant at a residence on East Folk Avenue. Authorities say the search of the residence yielded suspected methamphetamine and several items of drug paraphernalia, as well as other items indicative of drug trafficking. The task force says a 40-year-old woman from Finley was arrested on drug charges. Get more in the story on our website. Ohio's governor and lieutenant governor may face depositions in a bribery scheme case involving First Energy. The subpoena is for information on how much Lieutenant Governor John Husted knew about a $4.3 million payout to the former chair of the Public Utilities Commission. Attorneys suing First Energy have also subpoenaed records from Governor Mike DeWine asking for political campaign and contributions made in 2018. Now, this is a separate case from an ongoing criminal case involving names that may be familiar to you. Former House Speaker Larry Householder, lobbyist Matt Borges, and two others were convicted in this case. A fifth man was charged, but died two years ago by suicide. Householder is now serving 20 years in prison. I'm Tracy Townsend. Coats for Christmas is collecting coats for their annual distribution in Finley. No income guidelines. We're not going to check anything. You need a coat. Just come get a coat. Melissa LaRocco on WFIN's Chris Oaks says coats are being collected now and will be distributed on December 9th and 10th. Get more information about Coats for Christmas in the story on our website. Light Up Lipsick is being held for a second year. It'll be held today from 5 to 8 p.m. along Main Street. Organizers say in year one, they couldn't have imagined the amount of people that would come to their small part of the county, and they can't wait to see what this year's event brings. There will be many of the same activities, including crafts, letters to Santa, carriage rides, and much more. Get more information about Light Up Lipsick in the story on our website. And don't forget, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, aside from the holidays, the other thing that always happens this time of year is that we look back at some of the trends that we have seen and look ahead to project where those trends will take us in the year to come. And in 2023, perhaps no trend has been more pervasive or more disruptive than artificial intelligence, particularly AI in the workplace. You will find that fact reflected prominently in the 2024 Jobs and Hiring Trends report from Indeed Hiring Lab. And joining us this morning is economist Corey Staley. Corey, tell us about this uh, latest uh, Jobs and Hiring Trends report, some of what kind of particularly stood out for you in this. Yeah, I really like this. As you mentioned, I mean, really this this hiring and trends report is kind of a look back at 2023 and a look forward also. And I think as we look back at 2023, you know, you mentioned, you know, artificial intelligence, you know, there's been a lot of different discussions on that in the labor market. But I think in addition to what happened in 2023, it's also interesting to think about what didn't happen in 2023. And I think as we look back to this time last year, 
I think we might all remember, you know, there are a lot of discussions around, you know, interest rates are starting to go up. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to see a potential recession in 2023. And with a month left, that's something that the economic data is saying that we haven't seen right. in 2023 right now. Um, so I, th- I think that's kind of an interesting thing as we look. And so that's kind of our springboard that we really started and kind of our mindset with this trends report is looking and saying, we have this pretty strong, resilient labor market in 2023. Now, how do we continue those trends? You know, what are going to be the key trends to watch as we go into 2024? So that's that's kind of the mindset we came from with this. And uh, there's also been an ongoing story really uh, for even more than the past year about the labor supply and how that has uh, has been changing and, and evolving really ever since the a pandemic. So put those two things together with uh, inflation and those changes within the labor market and how that uh, impacts jobs moving into 2024. Yeah, I think that's a great call out. I mean, I think as we look at these different five trends, you know, one of the trends that we're going to be watching is kind of job postings and job openings. And I think as we talk about the resilient labor market, a lot has been said about the number of jobs out there. But I think you make an important point that I don't know that enough has been said about kind of that labor supply side of things. You know, a big part of the resilience that we've seen in the labor market has really stemmed from the fact that women and people with disabilities and various groups have started to participate in the labor market at rates that we haven't seen in at least 20 years and for some groups at rates that we've never seen before. Mm. And so I think those are really interesting trends to watch. And I think another thing that is interesting to think about in driving this as well is, you know, when the pandemic happened, uh, we saw like a lot of immigration kind of shut down, you know, along with a lot of other stuff that shut down. But we saw a little bit of that immigration kind of pick back up in the last couple of years. And I think, you know, all of these factors, you know, do prime yeah. age workers, you know, women, people with disabilities, immigration, does all of that kind of come together and continue into 2024? And I think that's why, you know, keeping an eye on the job postings is going to be a big key, but also keeping an eye on who's working in those jobs and are we bringing people into those jobs is also going to be important to watch. Right. And uh, the number of jobs that are have gone unfilled, uh, again, this has been a trend that we've seen even beyond just the past year, the number of openings that are not getting filled. And again, to circle back to AI, is that something that will sort of trigger the the use of more AI in the labor market? If we can't find people to fill jobs, let's figure out a way to help technology get the work done in absence of, you know, some of these people that we need or that we would ordinarily think we need. Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely one of the solutions, you know, that we think about as economists, you know, because really we're in a position where a lot of demographics are really in some ways working against the labor market and that we have this aging population, mm-hmm. right? Where we have a kind of declining birth rate, a population that's getting much older. Right. And a lot of kind of big economic groups are forecasting that, you know, in the coming decade that we're going to see kind of that core age of workers, kind of that 25 through 50 year old, 54 year old kind of working group. We're going to see the number of people in that group fall, you know? So as that happens, I mean, you then have to start to think, okay, if that's falling, Who's going to take those jobs? You know, so I think there are three different kind of big solutions. I know that in our trends report last year, we kind of called out three solutions. I know one of them I've already talked about with immigration. Um, Another one I think is really tapping into kind of these kind of underserved or under tapped groups of workers. We've talked about people with disabilities, but I think there are also second chance workers, workers, you know, with criminal histories and stuff that, you know, will also play a role in this. But I, I believe that you're right, you know, that generative AI can also be a part of the solution to that as well. You know, there is a potential path forward here where we make sure we're keeping job, keeping people in jobs, people have work, but we're also continuing to grow as an economy. It doesn't have to be a case of AI taking everybody's job. Well, and that you know, generative AI is yeah, we can we can totally you know have work in our behalf. Yeah, that is that's the fear that everybody has. AI is coming for our jobs. They're going to replace all humans in the workplace, and that kind of leads to what I wanted to ask. And as you were touching on, what do these trends in the report really mean? 
beyond the hype and beyond beyond the fears, what do they really mean for employers, for job seekers, and what skills are going to be useful for those seeking jobs in the upcoming year and beyond? Yeah, I think that what these trends and what this report really shows is the need for both employers and job seekers to be really cautiously optimistic kind of as we go into next year. You know, we are taking forward, you know, we've had this resilient labor market in 2023, but it would also be kind of dishonest of us if we didn't acknowledge the fact that the labor market is much cooler than it was at the beginning of 2023. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're going forward. We still have a pretty resilient labor market. But at this point, you know, we're in a lot of different economic measures. We're starting to approach the levels we saw in 2019. You know, and the, the goal hopefully is to kind of get back to a point where we kind of get back to those historical norms and bring inflation down at the same time. Like we don't want to see demand for workers continue to drop uh, a lot further. But I think kind of to the point of skills, I think what's interesting to note is that even though we've seen a cooling off in the labor market, that hasn't been felt equally across different sectors. You know, what we've seen is that a lot of the kind of decline in job postings has really come from kind of software development. You know, we've heard a lot about software development, tech layoffs in 2023. And even though layoffs are low overall, you know, we have seen a pretty significant pullback in employers hiring for software developers, kind of mathematics type positions like data scientists. So those jobs have pulled back. But what's interesting is that many jobs in like manufacturing, leisure and hospitality, nursing, childcare, a lot of these kind of in-person human focused jobs, we've seen that those still have really high levels of employer demand. You know, so I think as we talk about skills, I think human skills and putting humans first you know, and those human skills first in jobs is going to be key. Yes, generative AI can help enhance our productivity and really, you know, help a lot with some jobs, but it can't take the human skills out of the jobs. You can't have a human resource manager without the human piece. You know, mm-hmm. so I think really leaning into those skills that are human skills and skills that generative AI can't do, I think is going to be key for many job seekers in the next year. Really quickly, and this is maybe asking you to peer into your crystal ball a little bit, but based on the on the report and what the data is telling you, what sectors are primed to enter 2024 on a particularly good footing? I mean, where's, where's it really clicking right now? Yes. I mean, if we look at where we're at right now, I think as a general take, you know, we could name off a handful of different sectors. You know, I've mentioned uh, childcare and nursing in some of these areas. Right. But I think as we kind of break out and we kind of come up with, well, what's the big story here? What we've seen is that those in-person type of jobs um, and kind of more of the skilled type of labor jobs have maintained much higher levels. And so they're entering into the next year with greater employer demand. Whereas we're seeing, you know, a little less demand than we've seen the last few years for jobs that tend to be kind of more remote work, more kind of knowledge worker positions. You know, remote work is still elevated compared to where it was before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't seem to be something that'll probably, you know, change anytime soon. Um, but we're definitely seeing that more of those in-person jobs are kind of a little better poised entering into the next year. Again, uh, Corey Staley is an economist with the Indeed Hiring Lab. Their 2024 Jobs and Hiring Trends report is out. And I'm assuming you've got this uh, online where folks can go and kind of dig into the data here. Yep, that's correct. So people can go to hiringlab.org. So all one word, hiringlab.org. And they can find this trends report, but then they can also find a lot of the other economic data and reports that we share. You know, I talked about, you know, we as we look towards next year, we have things like the Indeed Wage Tracker, which look at the wage growth and job postings. We also publish all of the data around the number of postings, um, kind of the level of postings that I've mentioned with manufacturing being high, software development being low. So that's all data that you can find uh, through hiringlab.org. Good stuff there. Again, Corey Staley, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
Well, it's the most wonderful time of the year, holiday shopping season. Well, they say that anyway, but if you're stumped for ideas, maybe it's not so wonderful. We're going to help you with that here this morning. Lifestyle expert Bethany Braun Silva has her family gift guide to help us navigate the holiday hustle and bustle. And where do we get started, Bethany? Let's jump right in here. Sure. I mean, everyone's looking for a deal. And Big Lots, one of America's largest home discount retailers, offers extreme bargains on gifts for everyone on your holiday shopping list. I'll be shopping for the cozy Broyhill reversible knit throw, which is a dupe for the popular Barefoot Dreams blanket that is all the rage. And this is the perfect gift for your best friend, your parents, or even yourself, like me, at a <laughs> fraction of the price. And Big Lots truly carries some of the most unique gift items. They even have a nostalgic popcorn maker or in, in all the top toy brands that you can save on for the kids. They even have a Barbie playset that's 32% less at Big Lots than anywhere else. That is truly one of those stores you can walk into with no idea what you're going to get for someone on your list, and you're more than likely going to find something there that'll that'll fit. So a great stop uh, on your uh, holiday shopping uh, adventure. You also have something for the gamers in our lives. Yes, Bluey the Video Game and Paw Patrol World are two recent released kids video games available now on all consoles and PC and my own boys absolutely love playing them because they have couch co-op which means they can play together so I would highly recommend this gift this year. In Bluey the video game your kids can become immersed in the world of Bluey in the interactive adventure game that faithfully recreates iconic locations from the show and it includes up to four players in couch co-op making it the perfect game for the entire family and everyone's favorite pups have returned in the open world adventure game Paw Patrol World, and you can explore Venture Bay and beyond with up to two players in couch co-op in Outright Games' biggest Paw Patrol game yet. That is a perfect idea for someone who is not a gamer and not sure where to start. So many of the ones we hear about are not necessarily ones that you want the whole family to play, especially the kids, but this is one that absolutely is, so a great idea there. Uh, It says here we're talking about warm and cozy moments that are also stylish. What do you have? here. Yes, I'm a mom and a New York City woman, so style is not really lost on me, and Duluth Trading has flannel for the whole family. And the brand's free swing-in flannel is 100% cotton that's double-brushed for superior softness and comfort. And they call it free swing-in for a reason, too, due to its reach gussets at the underarms and deep shoulder pleats that allow you to stretch, reach, move, and swing without any restriction. And Duluth's free swinging flannels are offered in over 15 different patterns and colors, so there's one to match everyone's personal style. See, flannel and stylish are not mutually exclusive terms, and I love uh, Duluth Trading. They got some great stuff there. Always uh, a lot of fun to shop uh, with uh, those folks. And uh, also, going to put you on the spot a bit here with something, I mean, all of these things are great, but if we want something that is truly unique, what do you got? Well, how about a little bit of health and happiness? You probably know 23andMe for its DNA test that reveals where in the world your ancestors come from. But what you might not know is is that it's provided health reports for years. They're the only company that offers direct-to-consumer health reports authorized by the FDA. And 23andMe provides personalized and actionable genetic insights on health conditions such as type 2 diabetes, celiac disease, high cholesterol, and many more. And this is health information you might not have known about without a 23andMe test. So it's the perfect gift looking for those people that are wanting to live their best healthy lives. Some great stuff there for everyone in the family and even your extended family. Lifestyle expert Bethany Braun Silva this morning with her holiday gift guide. And where do we get more uh, on all of these gifting ideas, Bethany? You can check out all these incredible gifts at my website, bethanybraun.com. We will link that up on our webpage as well. Bethany Braun Silva, thanks very much for taking the time. Happy holidays. Thank you. Apparently, it is going to be a happy holiday for a lot of folks. Consumers, according to uh, Deloitte, are shelling out an average of $1,652 this season, surpassing pre-pandemic levels for the first time in terms of holiday spending. Which is kind of interesting. Uh, the uh, company's experts say 95% of those that they have polled say that they are in the seasonal spending mood this year versus 88% two years ago as we were just coming out of the pandemic. So uh, we're all, it seems, virtually all of us in the mood to spend. Now, that being said, 
American consumers, and this is kind of an interesting trend, again, according to Deloitte, tracks these things. American consumers looking to limit the amount of time that they spend shopping from 7.4 weeks before the pandemic to just 5.8 weeks. We want to get this all done in less than six weeks. Before, we took nearly eight weeks to do all of our shopping. Overall, though, the respondents in Deloitte's survey say that they are cutting back giving eight gifts instead of nine that they gave last year. So on average, we're giving eight gifts instead of nine and spending more on gift cards than we did last year. Um, and finally, in this, uh, in this data, I thought this was kind of interesting, 26% of those making between fifty dollars and $100,000 annually in income uh, say that they are splurging this year, 26%, 22% making $200,000 a year or more say that they are splurging. So some more people who are making less are actually splurging this year, $1,652 on average this season. Thus, our week-long great gifts series with ideas for some great gifts to everybody on your list. And tomorrow we've been building all week to this the top toys for Christmas. The toy guy, Chris Byrne, will join us on the program tomorrow with his list. So we hear it all the time this time of year. About uh, the most wonderful time of the year. Have a holly jolly Christmas, etc., etc. Well, if you're not feeling so holly jolly, you are not alone. For some, the holiday season is more than just stressful. It can be downright depressing. I'm going to talk this morning about managing the difficult emotions of a blue Christmas. And uh, a special event uh, coming up, especially for those who may be uh, struggling a little bit this year. Amber Wolfram is here uh, from the uh, Family Resource Centers in Finlay. And uh, Kathy Davis, Associate Pastor at uh, St. Andrew's United Methodist Church. And ladies, thanks for uh, dropping by. We appreciate it, first of all. Thank you for having us. So, uh, Amber, this is uh, not anything that's unusual i mean it it not only do you have the stress uh that many people feel but then there people may be experiencing a loss there may be other factors that that play into the holiday season sometimes emphasizes what we don't have exactly well and we don't take off our human hat during the holidays we are still human and our experiences are still with us Mm -hmm. um, as much as we'd like to package them up and stick those under the tree as well and unpackage those after yeah Um, and so we have individuals that uh, are and we also have to remember not the the holiday uh, memories aren't always the most cheerful for some very true and so we want to make sure that while we are are enjoying the company of others and enjoying the holiday season as much as we can, that we're not losing sight that there are those among us that, mm-hmm. that need a little more support. And I, I'm guessing that this is something that can build unto itself like a snowball. I mean, if you're not really feeling it, then you feel bad that you're not really feeling it, which can make you even more depressed. And Well, you, know. you, you, you sometimes wonder, like, well, what's, what's different with me? What's wrong with yeah. me? Um, and we need to remember, first, we live in Ohio. Um, it got dark. <laughs> recently Um, and so we have that going on it's getting cold we're getting a little more isolated we're hurrying quickly to car and thing we're not as connected Mm -hmm. and so all of that kind of combines with and one of the reasons why the date of December 21st is chosen is that is our darkest day of the year in the Ohio region Mm -hmm. it's when we will have the least amount of light so it's all put together in a way to say we're here, we're supportive, you're not alone, and please come and join us. The uh, 21st, you mentioned, is the date for the Blue Christmas service at St. Andrews. And uh, Kathy, talk a little bit about this. This is something, Chris, that we started several years ago. And Blue Christmas, because it is blue for some. Mm-hmm. And people don't like to admit that. So we want to have a safe place for people to come and experience a low-key not all merry and bright, mm-hmm. that a more subdued service where they can remember their loved one that may be passed or remember uh, some, that they've lost a job and they can find that they're not alone. Yeah that there's other people that feel just like them. That must be a bit of a challenge to balance the message of joy and hope uh, Mm -hmm. that is traditional with the Christmas season 
with this reality that many people are feeling that may seem incongruent with that. Yes, it is. But I am so thankful this year that Amber contacted me from Family Resource Center and said, can we work together? Mm -hmm. So we have been working together since probably... I think I bugged you in March. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And uh, Amber and I and Kathy Giedemann, who Kathy is a a licensed counselor, and we have been putting this together. And I think this year it is going to be fabulous because we really are trying to reach everyone that is lonely, is depressed, is just having a tough time Mm -hmm. for a a plethora of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. how do you how do you go about tackling those emotions when somebody comes to you and says, you know, I'm just not feeling it? What's you know, what are some of the strategies for for the support? Yeah. Well, I think first off, you know, we always tell people if, if um, you don't if, if something doesn't feel good or off or not just doesn't feel right inside, reach out. Mm-hmm. But people often forget it's hard to reach out. Um, and so in the support of the holidays, I often talk about the gift of presence. And I take the word and I do a little, you know, mm-hmm. you know, switch with it. Right. The gift of presence is when I ask you, how are you doing? It's not a quick flyby, right? We're actually, when I ask, how are you doing? I'm, I'm really generally asking. So we're asking individuals to also reach in. So this might be a situation where you know someone that's struggling and they need more of a silent night than a deck the halls. Mm-hmm. Come with them, bring them to the Blue Christmas mm-hmm. Ceremony. Say, hey, I've heard about this. Because that's really, we, we're a herd and we heal in relationships. So this might be something that someone sees and says, oh, I would really like to go to that, but I don't want to go alone. This is where supports can be helpful. This, uh, the the Blue Christmas service uh, is not necessarily a fix-all or no. a solution it's more of a starting point, I would imagine. Well, for some, it's a starting point. For some, it's a continuation. I mean, mm-hmm. hope is always the message, no matter if if we're you know singing happy music or doing a nice contemplative service. Mm-hmm. Hope is still the message, and so it's just it's just given in a different way. Um, and again, with supports, I mean. There's going to be individuals from St. Andrews that are going to be there. There's going to be individuals from Family Resource Center. There's going to be support, and there's going to be support with the people who are in the room together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So this, as we mentioned, is happening on Thursday, December the 21st. 21st, Give us the details. uh, 7 o'clock at St. Andrews United Methodist Church, uh, downtown Finley. Uh, The doors will open at 630. Come as you are. you know, this is just, a, like I said, a safe place mm-hmm. for people to come. And uh, so, yeah, 7 o'clock, December 21st, 120 West Sandusky Street, downtown Finley. And at the end of the day, through all of the support and the, um, as the uh, as the flyer on this uh, says, mm-hmm. the contemplative nature uh, of yeah. this, through it all, there's still a message of, hope of comfort yeah. of renewal looking forward and definitely and kind of there's going to be a time i mean there's going to be some singing there's going to be um a short message on hope uh there's going to be a time for people to come up and grab a blue christmas bulb and write down maybe their loved one's hmm. name or uh the reason that they're not feeling yeah so merry and bright yeah uh and they can hang it on the on the christmas tree and i think through all of this it uh, maybe makes us all better to remember that there are those who are hurting for a variety of reasons i mean not mm-hmm. to take away from the joyousness of, of the of not. the holiday season right. but to remember our friends our neighbors our loved ones who may be uh, struggling well and we often talk about you know gifts are time talent and treasure mm-hmm. so if you can give treasure wonderful but time is i mean think about how treasured time is now so if we can give each other just a little bit of time and a little bit of space and Race to come together. That's that's the a, a wonderful gift to share. And I know we've talked about this uh, in the past as we come up on the holiday itself and all of the traditions and the things that go along with that. Um, it's okay not to be okay, and it's okay not to do something.
something that no longer holds meaning or holds a negative uh, connotation yeah, for it, whatever reason. If it doesn't feel honoring, you know, yeah. there's that great saying about how autumn and the leaves falling are showing us how beautiful it is to let go. Mm-hmm. So in preparing for winter, you know, the trees have to let stuff go in order to, to get ready and survive. Sometimes we have to let things go. Um, and it doesn't mean we have to be crude or mean about it. We just mm-hmm. need to say, it's just, I don't, I don't hold space for that anymore. And we want to also emphasize on the 22nd, we gain an, a minute of light. And on the 23rd, we gain a minute of light. Yeah. So we, you know, there is that message that coming together and being supportive of each other is how we're going to all get through any difficult time that we have. Again, the Blue Christmas service is coming up on Thursday, December 21st, 7 o'clock, right? And as you mentioned, uh, Kathy, the uh, doors will be open up uh, early if folks want to talk and uh, Mm -hmm. share and uh, gather. Doors open at 6.30, and then there'll be a time afterwards. If folks just want to hang around, have a cup of hot chocolate, and talk to each other. Yeah. And uh, throughout the uh, season and really any time, if folks are struggling and need help, there are resources uh, available. Yes. And here in Ohio, actually nationwide, we have 988. So all you need to do is call or text 988 and let them know where you live, and they will get you to the resources in your community. And of course, you can always reach out to Family Resource Center, but that's 988 is a 24-7 line. Again, Amber Wolfram of the Family Resource Center in Findlay and Kathy Davis, Associate Pastor of St. Andrew's United Methodist Church with us. We have a link up for more information at our webpage. Ladies, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Information that makes a difference. Good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. A very unusual case of road rage reported in Malaysia. (laughs) Leading off the uh, broken news this morning, a herd of elephants attacked a car. The uh, driver of the vehicle reportedly struck a baby elephant by accident on Sunday evening. And seeing this, the other elephants in the herd, five of them in all, rushed towards the car and started trampling it. Uh, this, uh, according to a report from police superintendent Zulkifi Mahmoud, uh, there in, uh, in Malaysia, uh, none of the animals, including the baby elephant that was struck, were seriously hurt. And uh, no humans were hurt, fortunately, either. But the uh, front and the sides of the car were damaged pretty significantly. <laughs> I just see that. Actually hit a baby elephant, and the other elephants turned and attacked. As you would expect, I guess. Don't mess with my kid! Uh, speaking of uh, people who are uh, had interesting adventures involving cars while on vacation, a family vacationing in California is now suing their car rental company after they wound up in handcuffs. Sheena and Cole Bury... Uh, are from Wisconsin. They were visiting Oceanside, California earlier this year and rented a car. They had just dropped off their daughter at a local mall with a friend when officers pulled them over at gunpoint. Guns drawn, officers surrounding the car. Get out of the car! Apparently, the rental agency had listed the vehicle as stolen. (laughs) Oops! took police about a half hour to confirm that the family had in fact rented the car legally and they were released with uh, apologies from the department but the family has hired an attorney they're seeking legal action <laughs> i don't blame them i mean that's <laughs> how do you, how does that happen the uh, rental car accidentally listed the car as stolen man On the other hand, you do go on vacation with the idea of, you know, having new and unique experiences that you can't get anywhere else. So, in that sense, a successful vacation. Uh, This is a story of an actual stolen vehicle. Police in South Dakota are tracking down a guy who stole a car from a local dealership in Sioux Falls and struck an employee on his way out. It all played out Monday afternoon, where police say the suspect was 
test driving a 2006 Chevy Impala when he struck the uh, dealership employee uh, who is expected to be okay. Fortunately, no serious injuries, but some scary moments. Police are still looking for the thief and the stolen car. Here's the thing that got me about this story. Would you go through all of that trouble including a, I'm, I'm sure he's going to face charges for striking the employee, not just stealing the car, but uh, assaulting the employee with the car and all of that. And you go through all of that for a 2006 Chevy Impala? <laughs> I mean, really, a 2006 Chevy Impala? <laughs> if you're going to steal a car, wouldn't you make it worth your while? Not sure a 2006 Chevy Impala is worth all of that trouble. And how much could it possibly have been worth? I mean, this is not a $50,000 car. But anyway, to each his own, I guess. Uh, This is kind of an odd story. Out of the Lone Star State, a mother in Texas, uh, Fort Worth, Texas, has been kicked off the sex education panel at uh, at the local school district after it was discovered that she had been convicted twice for prostitution. So she was ticked off the sex education board (laughs) for the school district. Although, on the other hand, uh, those would be that would be some interesting experience she would bring to the table. I mean, they'd be uniquely qualified for that. Uh, Apparently, the the escort gig that Ashley Ketcherside had been involved in was discovered after she was unable to provide details. On multiple businesses she claimed to own. That's when they found out what she had really been doing. (laughs) Well, okay then. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) In other broken news. We've got a nice collection of broken news uh, here today. Um, Sometimes you don't have to go very far. Uh, From Cincinnati, an Ohio lawyer has been suspended... Uh, for defecating into a Pringles potato chip can and tossing it into the parking lot of a crime victim advocacy center. That's nice. The criminal defense attorney, Jack A. Blakesley, claims he wasn't targeting the the, uh, advocacy center in particular, explaining that he had pulled the prank at least ten times that year. I'm not sure that that makes it any better. The Ohio Supreme Court was not buying his story, pointing out that Mr. Blakesley was due to face the victims in court, uh, being represented by the advocacy in a, uh, advocacy center, where he was uh, defending a suspect. He was banned from practicing law for one year, uh, which was uh, stayed for six months. <laughs> Why would you do something like that? It's just, man... Uh, let's see. couple of other items here. A Florida woman, our dumb criminal of the day, a Florida woman accused of using counterfeit cash at a uh, Walmart store. And I'm not sure exactly where in Florida this is. Uh, using counterfeit cash at her local Walmart store, reportedly tried to eat the evidence. Zipporah Abraham allegedly tried to use funny money To buy $864 worth of goods, employees suspected her of trying to pull a fast one, so they detained her, and once she had been detained with police on the way, she tried to stuff $200 in fake money into her mouth and swallow it. She she had been charged with third-degree grand theft and uttering forged bills. Uttering forged bills. And she tried to eat it. Okay. Uh, and finally, and they apparently they didn't uh, think she didn't stop to think about the uh, bills that she had already fed into the machine. Uh, would still be there. And finally, in the uh, broken news, I had to share this story just for the irony of it. A professional soccer club from Scotland, um, taking the phrase "when in Rome" to a whole higher level. The Celtic Football Club met with Pope Francis during the team's visit to Rome 
for its UEFA Champions match against Lazio. So the Celtic Football Club meets with the Pope, got an audience with the Pope, which is kind of cool. The Pope, uh, the message to the players was to be good role models, and the Pope reminded them that winning isn't everything. And those words may have been rather prophetic because the team then went out and lost two to nothing. (laughs) Right after the Pope says winning isn't everything, they're like, okay, so they lost. There you go. Uh, I'm thinking the the uh, Italian team uh, may want to uh, get the Pope to meet with all of their opponents moving forward. I think that would be the ne- next thing they would try to do. There you go. Uh, that is uh, today's broken news report, an update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When the rumors are flying, getting the facts matters more than ever. At WFIN, we're your trusted source and will always present the story only after verifying the information with trusted sources. This is WFIN News Director Matt Demchek. Trust in us to present just the facts when covering events impacting Finley and Hancock County. You can depend on us to get the story right every time on social media, 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and at 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. As we were mentioning earlier, tech skills are going to be more essential in the workplace than ever before over the course of the next decade. That is not a great revelation. I think all of us knew that. But the extent uh, to which they will be so essential is really interesting. In a new survey of executives and hiring managers, 98% of them believe that tech skills will be essential across all job sectors. 98% uh, say that these technology skills will be essential. And while 45% of those executives still prioritize a college degree when hiring, 44% see a lack of technology skills as a top concern. And 97% are more likely to prefer a candidate who has upskilled in those areas. The top skills they're looking for, 39% want workers who are IT savvy, 29% are prioritizing skills in artificial intelligence, and 28% say cybersecurity skills are essential. Technical knowledge and skills top the list of keywords that executives look for when interviewing and sorting through job applicants. Technical knowledge, the top keyword, followed by communication and project management. And interestingly, just 42% of executives say they consider candidates from different ethnic or racial backgrounds when recruiting. So this trumps everything, including diversity, which has been another big buzzword in industry over the past year or two. But this is even more important than that. By equipping individuals with the skills they need, we are not only opening doors to personal opportunities, but also building a stronger, more resilient economy for everyone. This is the statement by Damian Howard of the renowned Perscala, uh, Perscala uh, Training Center in Baltimore, Maryland, who commissioned this survey. So the bottom line is, if you are looking to make yourself more marketable, in your current position or in seeking out a new position in the coming year, these are the areas to focus on. IT, artificial intelligence, and cybersecurity. Squeezing a whole crew into the studio here this morning. Talking about the Christmas gift from the Fort Finley Playhouse. It is their classic Old-time radio-style production of the holiday favorite, It's a Wonderful Life, which is right around the corner here. We are joined by Ashley Cambers, uh, Abigail Starcher, and uh, Roger Kranz uh, with us in the uh, studio uh, this morning. It's been a little while, but Roger, thanks very much for uh, joining us. Ashley, thanks for having uh, us. Abigail, we appreciate Thank you dropping by uh, as well. So, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Everybody knows the story. How faithfully... Is that recreated for the the radio play from the the movie that we all know and love? Quite close. Yeah. It's it's pretty much the movie, 
but it's put on stage, set as a radio play, so you mm-hmm. won't see the actors physically acting out the action, but mm-hmm. you'll see them with their scripts. So does that make it easier or harder to do in this? I mean, on the one hand, you don't have to stage it all out and you know block it all out the way you would a regular play, but on the other hand... Uh, doing it in this way presents its own challenges, I would imagine. That's right. I think it has its unique challenges. I wouldn't say that it's easier than a regular play because we have to find a way to make it interesting for the audience with the actors standing at a mic and performing. So a lot of it is vocal performance and looking at their scene partners and just bringing it alive without physically acting out scenes. Yeah, and and I would imagine that would be, uh, in some respects, a challenge for the actors as well. It's That's definitely right. a very specific skill set that these old-time radio players had because when you're walking around the stage in costume and everything, you kind of become the character. Absolutely. It doesn't happen exactly. the same Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. So how do you approach that then? Well, we're approaching it as a play within a play. Mm -hmm. So we have our 1940s radio star actors, and that's how they come on stage, and then they become their It's a Wonderful Life characters. And when they step away from the mic, they're back to the 1940s. So it's this back and forth that's really fun. Yeah. Uh, Now, Roger, you are uh, kind of, I don't want to say the star of the show, but it's, uh, you know, I'm looking at all of the uh, characters you're playing, and this is... Uh, all, you know, uh, apologies to uh, Ashley and Abigail, almost a one-man show here, it seems like. Well, not quite, because uh, we do have uh, the actor playing George Mm -hmm. and the actress playing Mary. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're obviously the stars. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yes, I do play multiple characters. Uh, A couple of the other actors who who are in the uh, show play multiple characters. Um, I'm Freddie Fillmore, the WBFR Playhouse of the Air announcer, and I also play Old Man Potter, uh, which is a challenge. Uh, initially, I tried to channel Lionel Barrymore from the mm-hmm. movie, but uh, that got a little hard on my voice, so I, I had to change uh, <laughs> my vocal approach to that. Yeah. Uh, how how much of a challenge is that, or how do you approach that, given that, that people know these characters and have these preconceived notions of what they sound like, how they act like, how they deliver the lines and so on. Because you don't want to just do a reproduction. Right, of right. We're not know. copying the movie. You're right. not going to come here and hear Jimmy Stewart. We don't want that. Yeah. I mean, he's great. I love it. But, you know, this is our interpretation of it. So mm-hmm. that's a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and so you've got, can can you do some some lines uh, from the show? Like yeah. a, a sample of the, of the show? Uh, several times I have multiple characters back to back. So that, <laughs> that's a challenge. So uh, before you do that, <clears throat> yes. it, was this like by design you were doing all of these? Or is it just one of those things like, oh, Roger would be great for that. Oh, Roger would be great for that. Oh, Roger would be great for that. This is the way the play was designed. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so. All right, so uh, I'm Joseph, the uh, the head angel who uh, mentors Clarence, the angel. Uh, also, Uncle Billy, and then uh, Mr. Potter. So here's a, a brief exchange. Okay. <clears throat> well, today's the day before Christmas, and Billy is at the bank to make a deposit when he ran into old man Potter. Well, 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 Mr. Henry F. Potter, come to the bank to deposit some more loot, huh? Sure, you old fool. How do you like the news in the paper, Mr. Potter? Harry Bailey wins Congressional Medal of Honor. Just can't keep those Bailey boys down now, can you? Let me see that newspaper. Here you go. It's kind of like being read a bedtime story. <laughs> right, 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 right. With one person doing all the voices. Yeah, like that. that's exactly it. Um, so give us the details on the show uh, at the Fort Finley Playhouse. Uh, when do you open up and give us all of the uh, details here? All right, yeah, we open a week from today, which is really exciting. And performances are December 7th through the 10th and 14th through the 17th. Okay, and uh, folks can get tickets now? Yes, yes, they are on sale now. You can buy them online at fortfinleyplayhouse.org forward slash tickets. And also, we are going to, because it's a radio play, we're going to have it actually on the radio uh, as well. Yeah, really I guess uh, our uh, your staff engineer will be out to uh, help Micah's, and uh, believe on the 15th, our live performance will yeah. also be uh, broadcast, and, and then you're playing it back on Christmas on Eve, Christmas I think? Christmas Eve, yeah. So uh, that is going to be uh, terrific. And if you don't get a chance to get out there, uh, then you can uh, actually hear it on the radio, but really in person is the way to... Absolutely. Uh, to Come and see yeah. us, yes. Yeah.
Uh, and we've got a link up for more information about It's a Wonderful Life at the Fort Finley Playhouse. And once again, uh, Ashley Cambers, Abigail Starcher, and Roger Prince with us this morning for a uh, preview. As thanks very much for uh, dropping by and certainly best of luck for the show. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. That, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow morning on the program, the top toys for Christmas and how not to get scammed this holiday. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.